They're the largest operator of private campgrounds in the country and perhaps the world, Sun Outdoors. And we have their senior vice president of marketing on the show today to talk about campgrounds, where they are and where they're headed in the future. This is RV Miles. RV Miles is sponsored by L.L. Bean, dedicated to helping you experience all the benefits of time outside and stay more comfortable while you're out there. From soft and breathable activewear designed to do it all, to just right layers perfect for changing weather, to sun smart clothing that blocks the sun's harmful rays, every L.L. Bean product is made with comfortable time outside in mind. Visit LLBean.com to shop now. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Welcome to episode 221 of the RV Miles podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who have been crisscrossing North America since 2016 on one epic road trip. Here at RV Miles, we talk all things RV and outdoors from industry news to travel destinations, our national parks, and so much more. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome back. We've been off for a little bit, but we're happy to be back here in a, a, a brand new 2022 which is going to be a much better year than 2020 or 2021 for everyone. I guarantee. I, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. So. <laughs> but yeah, this feels, it's so interesting what two weeks away will do when you sit back down to do this. I feel very awkward with this camera. The whole setting up the mics was quite <laughs> the ordeal. It's also... Well, Freezing. <laughs> it doesn't help that we aren't living in our RV right now. No. We, as we often do in the holidays, uh, we we move out and visit my family here in the Quad Cities, and then your family in Kansas City. And then we come back for the New Year for to my family to get ready to go again and hit the road again. That's what we're doing right now. We're prepping the RV to get back on the road, uh, and it is cold and the RV is covered in snow. Well, and the whole yeah, <laughs> snow and ice. Yes. The whole point was was we actually set it up that we were going to come back here and we were mm -hmm. going to stay in the Sabre and we were going to be home and then we got back and the weather decided to have a snowstorm. It decided, you know, last night was negative 4. I think on Thursday here in the Quad Cities area, they're looking at a low of negative nine. That's not wind chill. That's low. The wind chill, I think, this morning for a lot of people was it felt like negative 25. That is totally doable. We could do that. But the amount of propane. <laughs> we would use we a would lot of propane. Burn. <laughs> we might. I mean, it's just money out the door. And so, you know, when you have family a mile and a half up the road, yeah. why not, you know, take advantage of that? Yeah, and we do have the water system winterized, and I, I don't think I'd be comfortable that low dewinterizing. Yeah. Um, there are things that you can do to still use your RV while it's winterized and stuff, but it's just a no. lot less of a pain. And, you know, if you're a full-timer, don't, don't feel any shame. <laughs> don't, don't be here. Don't be here, <laughs> but don't feel any shame of moving out every now and then for a little bit. It's okay. Yeah, it's we've talked about this a lot. I mean, this is not the first time that people have heard us say, well, we've moved out for a little bit. It's always around visiting family because honestly, look, there's 380 miles between your folks and mine. 
that just makes no sense if we're going to go for a week-long visit to haul the RV all the way down there and then turn around and haul it all the way back up here. That's a lot of extra fuel. That's just a lot of extra time. And, you know, frankly, I mean, the kids love when they get to stay at Nana and Papa or Grandma and Grandpa's yeah. house, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I'm, I'm loving seeing from all of you on Facebook and Instagram photos of camping in the snow and all that sort of stuff. And You're real warriors because I am dreaming of Florida and warm <laughs> and I cannot get this thing moving fast enough, but we actually cannot move until we get what the two inches of ice to thaw. We have quite a bit of ice uh, on the tops of our slides, which is yes. an issue for getting the slides closed, obviously. So Tomorrow, it's supposed to be above freezing for a bit, um, hoping it'll clear up tomorrow, but I'm also going to probably have to throw some salt around up I there. I said there will be very little that delays us in leaving if I have to sit up there with a hairdryer for hours on end, just bring me some coffee, and I'll just sit up there. I will. We will go. We I, will go. We, we should have, <laughs> had, had we thought about it. Oh, before it snowed, since we weren't in the rig anyway, yeah. we should have closed the slides. Oh, absolutely. But again, you know, we came back into town thinking we had this all set up. We don't have it in storage. We came back thinking we're moving back into this. We didn't move out of it, quote, you know, air quotes until we went to go see yeah. Nana and Papa. And so the whole plan was to come back and come home like you do when you go on vacation. It's just, you know, unfortunately... Or fortunately, I mean, the kids loved eight inches of snow on Saturday. And it was, and prior to that, there had already been a little snow, but there had been ice. And at that point, we were, you know, up a creek without a paddle when it comes to getting the slides and everything in. But the kids have loved, I mean, they got a little dose of winter before we get out of here. And I mean, uh, by a little dose, I mean way too much of winter. <laughs> lots of, But lots of wonderful sledding has been had and lots of really good times. So, Well, January is traditionally thought of as a major part of the off season for most camping. Uh, however, January is the beginning of a heck of a lot of stuff that has to do with camping, uh, starting with RV show season, mm -hmm. uh, which we're headed to the Tampa RV show. That's going to be our first major destination when we get back on the road mid-January. So we hope to see you there. We'll have a couple meetup opportunities, both on-site and off-site potentially. Um, and you can find out about those by being a part of our mailing list. So if you head over to rvmiles.com, you can click on the join our mailing list link at the top and, yeah, and become a member. I think it says contact us or it something. Says yeah, us. and it's going to drop down. I know yeah. it changes all the time, but you know, we do have that coming up. And actually, this will be our first time at Tampa. Mm -hmm. So I would love to toss a question out to those watching and listening that if you have been and you have any wisdom to impart. I would love to know about it, especially when it comes to if you've camped at the fairground, because we're going to be doing that. I'd kind of love to, you know, get some 
pointers there. And then also just, you know, navigating the show. We have our basic, you know, these are the things you always do at an RV show kind of, you know, checklist that we always do. But I just love getting like little insider tips into the specific you shows. Know, what's interesting is we've actually never been to an outdoor RV show. No, we haven't. We've always gone to indoor RV shows because we're usually From going the to Midwest. them in the winter. Yes, because in January <laughs> in the Midwest, it feels like negative 25. No. Nobody wants to be outside. So the other big thing that happens this time of year, I'm um, seeing a lot of people already struggling with, is now is the time when lots of state park systems, uh, national parks, local parks, open up reservations uh, for the camping season in the summer, or they begin the rolling window of three months at a time, whatever it might be. And people are trying to book and having struggles booking. And I, that's just what it's going to be this year. It's, it's, we talked about this in the past. We talked about this on the last news video. People are more emboldened to make reservations right now than they were at the same period last year. That doesn't necessarily, you checking your watches, some, there's something, there's something going on over there. You're, am I boring you? She's looking at her watch. I'm sorry. It's dinged a couple times, and I'm trying to turn it off because I know what I will hear later when you are editing is that I didn't turn my watch That's off. That's okay. My and... computer dinged, too. Yes. Oh, so it wasn't my no, watch. No. Oh, okay. So, no, so please continue on with what you were saying. That doesn't necessarily mean that more people are camping uh, this year. It, it very well could be. Um, but people are making more reservations. So don't get discouraged. Keep checking back because more reservations than ever is going to mean more cancellations mm -hmm. than ever. And we find probably the majority of our best campgrounds through cancellations. Well, and <laughs> yes, I don't think that has anything to do with us being early to the game. It has everything to do with us being late. Speaking of reservations, I think it's worth mentioning here. Now, we're going to go into more detail on this particular subject over on the RV Miles YouTube channel. Uh, we have a video coming out about the changes to national parks in 2022. That's going to be out later this week. So head over there to check that out. But I want to mention here about Fishing Bridge. Yeah, so Fishing Bridge is the big RV campground in Yellowstone National Park with full hookups, the only one with full hookups or any hookups yeah. within Yellowstone National Park. And it has been closed since the end of the 2019 summer season. Yeah, so two years. Yeah, and, and it is just... Uh, it has just been announced that it will re... Uh, they actually didn't announce it. They just changed the language on their website. And uh, it will be reopening May 27th, I believe, uh, depending on, uh, you know, weather conditions and all that. And if you didn't get to see the language hidden inside the website, the odds of you getting a campsite <laughs> are slim to it, none because we actually did try for yeah. July and got shut down. There are fast. sites available. Um, there definitely are still sites available. I should say for our size. Uh, for for our thing, size yes. and when we were looking to go. Now, the one thing that is really interesting to me, though, what I like that they've done, though, is they've remodeled uh, a good uh, two-thirds of their sites to be over 40 foot long. So it is going to be much more big rig friendly than it was in the past uh, and lots easier to drive around and get through Yellowstone. And if you go to Yellowstone, it is very much worth it to stay within the park if you can. Or just so, right outside. I mean, I thought that staying in West Yellowstone and yeah. we were at the campground was 
um, it was butted right up against the park. But still took us 45 minutes minimum to get anywhere in the park. Well, yes, but it only took from where we were camping. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying that that's not the best option is staying in the park, but that's not always a reality. But, you know, they campground the very first campground you come to once you come in from the West Yellowstone entrance was only about 15 minutes from where we were staying. Yeah. So they still have a yeah, but- very decent drive just to even get over to Old Faithful. Not to mention if you want to drive from that side of the park up to the northern part of the Montana up into Gardner. That's, I mean, there's no short drives yeah, it's, in Yellowstone. It's, it's Yellowstone. It's really big park. It's a big park. Um, anyway, that information is going to be in this uh, National Parks video, also over on the America's National Parks podcast. Mm-hmm. The information will be on both, along with all a whole host of other changes coming to National Parks this year, whether you'll have to make reservations uh, or not at some. Spoiler alert, uh, you will. And, uh, <laughs> and more than you did have to last year. And, uh, and and all that sort of stuff, new campgrounds, changes to campgrounds, uh, changes in fees, all that sort of stuff will be over on that video. So check that out. Phew. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Nate Phillipson from Sun Outdoors. Sun Outdoors is, as I said in the opening, the largest operator of private campgrounds in the country. And you may not even have heard of them. They're owner operators of a whole bunch of campgrounds in the U.S. and Canada. They've recently purchased a chain of campgrounds in the UK. Ooh. And uh, after I recorded this interview with Nate, this interview was recorded about three weeks ago. After I recorded this interview, it was announced that they bought LSI Systems, which is the which is the owner of Jellystone Campground. So they now are the owner of Jellystone franchises as well. Big, big camping company is what I'm trying to say here. Wow. Uh, so uh, Nate's going to share with us a lot about who Sun Outdoors is, but also where camping is going, where where this all this money going into RV resorts is, is what it's going to do to change camping for the better, for worse. Um, and are we going to be able to hold on to, you know, making this a, an affordable family experience for people? Uh, that's the big question I think a lot of people have when it comes to all of these family campgrounds being bought out and renovated into resorts that cost $80 a night. So, Well, I look forward to hearing what he has to say on that subject. So we'll be right back with Nate Phillipson from Sun Outdoors. Be right back. Electrical surge protection is one of the cheapest insurance policies you can provide for your RV, and the Power Watchdog Smart Surge Protector made by Hughes Autoformers beats the competition with field-replaceable surge modules. With other brands, when the surge protector takes a large surge or a spike, you have to throw it away. The Power Watchdog can be brought back to life with one small, affordable part you can replace yourself. They'll even give you a free surge module in the first two years and now have a limited lifetime warranty. Use the coupon code RVMILES, all one word, for 10% off your order at HughesAutoFormers.com. That's RVMILES for 10% off at HughesAutoFormers.com. Winter is here, and if you haven't covered your RV yet, it might be time to do so. Whether you own a motorhome, a travel trailer, or a truck camper, EmpireCovers.com is here to help you protect all your vehicles against Mother Nature. EmpireCovers.com offers high-quality, affordable covers that are engineered to protect 
every cover comes with a free multi-year warranty to guarantee that it remains durable over time. If you're not in need of a full cover, Empire has just launched a line of RV rooftop covers that keep the roof of your RV clean and protect it from UV rays. Listeners can receive free shipping and 60% off the original price of their cover order. Visit empirecovers.com slash RVMiles or use promo code MILES60 at checkout. MILES60. EmpireCovers.com. Protect what you love. My guest today is Nate Phillipson, the VP of Marketing from Sun Outdoors, an operator of dozens of RV parks across the country, and now I think a little bit internationally, perhaps, coming forward. Uh, Nate, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. How many Um, parks do you all operate? uh, We have a little over 175 across the U.S. and Canada. So if, if somebody's going to an RV park, uh, there's a good chance that it's, it's one of yours. Where, where are most of them located? All over the place? Yeah, we're all over. Um, yeah, East Coast um, and kind of uh, the Northeast with some seasonal resorts and then all the way down East and into Florida, significant amount in Florida. And you kind of move across, you know, the West there um, and then up California on the West Coast. So yeah, a really good mix. And then of course, up in Ontario, uh, which is a great selection and um, a range of resorts there too. And you've recently rebranded to be called Sun Outdoors right now. What, what's the meaning behind that? Uh, yeah, so before we were Sun RV Resorts, you know, with a good amount, of, um, good amount of parks under the portfolio, and a lot of them were locally brand. And I don't think, you know, too many people knew about Sun or Sun RV Resorts. I mean, a good amount, but not too many. And so, you know, with the way the industry was going and we were growing, um, you know, the time was was right to think about how do we position Sun, you know, um, as, a, as a brand um, and how do we ensure, you know, all of these guests know about the quality of our resorts, know the consistency, know about all the different experiences that we offer. So they know it's like, oh, when I'm going to a Sun Sun Outdoors resort, mm-hmm. like I know I'm going to get this regardless of location. Um, and so that's, that was a, probably our, our number one reason for, for undergoing this, um, is to make sure that everyone knows about that consistency and quality experience. And is, is Sun an owner operator of all their resorts or is it, are they franchised or, or what? Yeah, well, we're only a, a owner operator. Uh, we don't have any, um, we don't franchise the Sun Outdoors uh, brand. Um, yeah, which is, I think, a great benefit, right? We're, we're invested um, in the resort. It's our resort. We manage it. Um, and so, you know, from all the way from the top, all the way down to the resort experience that, um, we're, we're really into it, uh, which is, which is great. So you, you folks must be, if not the biggest, close to the biggest owner operator of RV parks out there. If you got like KOA is they don't, they're franchise. They're not, they don't own their parks. Yeah, we're pretty, yeah. KOA all, all franchised. Um, I think they do, they might own a, a few or so. Yeah, it's I, like 12 or something. Yeah. Correct. I, I think so. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say we, we might be the, the largest, um, which is great. And again, it offers guests a range of locations, like we just talked about from coast to coast. And that's, you know, with the rebrand, our, our logo, you know, being the medallion. And if you look at it, um, it was, it was uh, chosen specifically because of all the different geographic regions that we have. And so you've got the sun, obviously for sun. Uh, then we have a little bit of the mountains coming in because we've got northern properties. We've got some of the Rockies from coast to coast. And then we have so the water as well, because we have ones all the way from, from one coast all the way down to the Keys, you know, 
all the way over to the West Coast um, from uh, right on the right on the water from San Diego Bay to Santa Barbara. So, so we have you on the show mainly today to talk about um, what it's like operating RV resorts this day and age, because you know we we're frequently sharing the perspective of people who are traveling uh, ourselves and others and visiting uh, all these great parks across the country. But um, this is this is a, a crazy time for this industry in general, not just the RV industry, uh, but all of the the outdoor segments out there. Uh, I guess let's start that conversation with what it's been like for for a large operator of RV resorts uh, during this unprecedented, you know, the pandemic, obviously, and then uh, this sort of boom in outdoor travel. Yeah, wow, it's been uh, it's been a uh, crazy and interesting couple of uh, uh, year or so or year plus. Um, I joined about two years ago or two and a half years ago, um, and then you know right before the pandemic had come and and you know managing through that. Obviously, our number one priority was was safety of the guests and our on our team members number one, um, and that was you know we met daily, hourly on what we're doing to make sure we're, we're safe and we're, you know, following guidelines and how do we communicate to our guests. And, and it was changing, it was changing daily um, from state to county and all these different regulations and guidelines and so on. So how do we stay up to speed and make sure our guests are aware? That was really, um, uh, really interesting. Um, and I'm glad, you know, we've, we've come through that. And, um, and then as, as people have, I think, found the outdoors more um, because it's inherently, a, you know, it's a safe it's a safe place to safe way to travel, right? You're in your RV, you're on your own little um, um, uh, uh, form of travel and you're outdoors. And so a lot more people found that and they wanted to experience it. And so we had all of these locations. And so, yeah, demands increased significantly. Um, and so how do we, uh, a big priority was how do we ensure that consistent experience that we talked about right when we kind of uh, got on the call? Um, was making sure that no matter how, how, how high demand got, that it was consistent, that providing good quality experience, that all of our resorts are being well-maintained. So operating that, that level of demand was, you know, again, another challenge too, is, hey, we're getting bigger, we're adding more resorts, demand is getting up, occupancy is getting up, but with, you know, the customer experience and guest on the ground experiences can never be um, uh, sacrificed or decreased. So that, that's been a big, big focus. There's been obviously a huge influx of, of new people uh, buying RVs and, and getting into camping and um, road trip travel. Have there been been issues with such a new um, cohort of people that, you know, learning how that parks operate and how to, you know, be respectful campers and all that sort of stuff? Um, I don't know. Um, there's, there's obviously been, yeah, definitely been a lot of new, new individuals. Um, I, I think speaking again on the ground, all of our resort managers, our front desk agents, our, our, our maintenance, every single position on the, on the resort, you know, is trained and, you know, to help any particular guest. We go through a lot of training at the main office here, a lot of onboarding to make sure like, hey, whether they're a seasoned traveler, you know, what are things that we can help them with? Maybe it's just learning about the local area. But if they're a new guest, yeah, we need to make sure we offer services like here. This is how you hook up. You know, can we just, you know, guide you to your site? Do you need help backing into your site? Because that's a challenge in itself. I was just at a location um, actually in California um, and a young lady was driving down and she was trying to go in front and back and you could see them from afar and you're like, and 
that young lady needs help, right? And we all came running over and it was like, hey, you know what? You want to hop out of the car? More than happy. We'll jump in. We'll back you up. We'll get you all set up. Um, and it was great. And actually, she had another reservation schedule a little bit later. Um, and it was like, well, how would you like us to change that to a pull through for you? And she was like, absolutely. Right. So like, <laughs> you know, being able to see those um, and, and before, hey, having somebody come to you and ask for your help. But you see those little um, cues and our team's taught to jump on that and make sure that we're, we're there to support anybody in those particular situations if they're they're new. So and it's exciting too, right? See somebody experience RVing and camping as new. And because, you know, once they're in it, um, I, I'd be hard pressed to think is like, oh, they're never going to go camping or RVing again because of how how cool it is. Is there anything from from this past year and a half um, that you that you've implemented that you know feels like it's something that you know is going to stick around going forward like for instance i know a lot of parks we've gone to have gone to sort of uh you know they've they're better at text messaging um sort of situation so they'll like text everybody at the park there's a lost dog or something or they'll have uh you know a chat box on their website now where they can quickly respond to stuff like that um and they're better about reservation systems in general and being able to like click on your site and stuff like that um more flexible cancellation policies is there stuff like that that's sticking around after uh after post-covid era here oh absolutely um you know jason you hit on a, on a number of uh points one communication right that we talked about before um and then um you know availability to to, to information and some of those new new functionalities so um, case what with the with the rebrand of Sun Outdoors, a couple of points is comes a whole new website, right? And it's completely integrated with the booking process. So you go to sunoutdoors.com. Uh, you can check, hey, I want to see all the the resorts that are located in Florida, and we'll provide you with starting you know average pricing um, for particular dates before you even reach the the booking engine or to the website. And you click, oh, I want to go visit the website into the website, we'll show you how the different ways to stay are. Um, and then let's say you're ready to book or you wanna learn more, you click right there, seamlessly brought into our booking engine where you can click all the different sites you want. Um, so really trying to make that consistent, nice, seamless experience has been you know, a part of the rebrand. Um, and then as well as we just launched our new mobile app. you know, And so now you're on the road, I wanna book a site, I pull up here, I'm driving by, what are resorts by me? Hey, click, click. Um, I can now book a site or a resort, you know, really, really quickly. And as we'll, we'll add in more functionality too, like you talk text, some of our resorts have that functionality too, um, where, Hey, I want to text all the guests about this information, uh, with the new mobile app, um, in, in future versions that'll come out, um, uh, in the next year or so is yeah, communication, uh, events, calendar planning all within the mobile app. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of new uh, features and designs that, you know, part of the, that we came out of the, with the rebrand and with COVID, I was like, you know, we really need to push forward um, and kind of communicate with our guests more, provided with more information and like, and more freedom too, you know, whenever they want to be communicated to, let's do that and provide them with the tools and resources they need to do to, to kind of plan a really good vacation. Uh, what about number of campsites and number of, of resorts? Uh, it has this area, this era is obviously uh becoming a big boom uh, in campground construction. Um, is that happening uh, amid sun? Are you guys putting in more sites, building new resorts? Yeah, um, great question. Um, the answer question, yes, across the board. Um, we do, we're growing a, a couple of different ways um, through acquisition, 
right? Um, you know, maybe a resort is looking to sell. They may reach out to Sun and, you know, we'll go look at their particular resort and, um, and see if it's something that, you know, is a good fit for us and they go, or we'll go look and source resorts. So we'll grow through acquisitions, um, you know, and just for a you know, uh, perspective, when I started, like I said, about two, two and a half years ago, you know, we were at a, about 130, uh, 135 resorts or so. And now we're at 175, you know, plus. So um, we're adding through, through that growth. And then we'll also have our ground up and development um, growth. So we'll build, um, we have a couple of large ground up developments. Like I think I mentioned San Diego or Sun Outdoors, San Diego Bay uh, that just opened last year. Um, so we'll, we'll, we have plans to build, you know, new ground up developments. Um, so that's our other one. And then our third arm is like grow through just expansion. There's a particular resort um, that has a really great uh, experience. Uh, demand is high. Guests are loving it. It's a tremendous ex uh, experience. Okay. Hey, um, should we add another 50 or 100 or 25 sites or so um, so that we can make sure more people can experience that particular resort? So gotcha. um, yes, to answer your question across those three. All of this uh, e expansion and camping, the number of people out there doing it, um, it's obviously increasing prices uh, across the board for everything that, that we uh, do, but camping prices have definitely increased. Are there things that, that Sun is doing uh, in order to keep costs down for campers? Yeah. Um, you know, I think with everything with supply and demand and, you know, yes, prices do go up. You know, we meet about that and talk about that very often is to ensure that, you know, we're not just increasing and increasing and increasing. Right. Um, that's not, I don't think in the spirit of, of what we should, um, what we should be doing. Um, we do have to increase costs because with more people, maybe the parks are completely full. Right. And then we talk about labor and, and our team members and the staff. And like I said, never sacrificing that on the ground experience. Well, if, you know, the, the water park is completely occupied with hundreds of people. Well, we need to make sure there's enough lifeguards, um, there's enough safety concerns, you know, the chemicals, all that. And so with that comes additional costs. So we need to make sure that those costs are covered. And so that's one, you know, way where, you know, of course, prices will go up with increased demand. Um, but yeah, we do meet on that. We have an entire department devoted to revenue management. So are there times when demand is low and, you know, we need to decrease prices? Or, hey, if it's Friday and Saturday and prices are high, well, maybe if you came and checked in on a Thursday and checked out on a Monday, it might be a decrease because you're staying for four days or you've bought three nights and we'll give one free. So um, there's a number of ways, I think, to um, I think find some really good prices out there at any time of the year. So that's been a big conversation over the last few years that is the, is the campground industry moving um, towards more dynamic pricing like uh like hotels and airlines have where you know it it if the park is filling up it's going to be more expensive if uh if it's fairly empty it's going to be more affordable because they're trying to lure you to come in um it is uh, it sounds like you guys have em embraced that uh quite a bit which um I, I feel like it's a good thing for me as a, as a full-timer, because it means I can find deals here and there. Um, but is, is that sort of where you're at? It's like you are moved away from sort of the rack rate philosophy and it's, it's adjustable based on your needs. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do have dynamic pricing. Like I said, we do have a T 
team of revenue, you know, managers that are looking at resorts. And, and again, like I say, it's, it's not just about raising prices. It's not that at all. That's why it's called revenue management. And we, it comes up just as often as like, well, when do we need to decrease, you know, and when should we offer promotions? And, you know, being in marketing, um, and this whole, I'm at the office here and we've got, you know, half the floor here is devoted to, to marketing. And when do we need to come up with specials and promotions? And, you know, when is a 30%, a 50%, a buy two, get one free? And then it's like, how do I get that out there to everybody and saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, again, Friday and Saturday is full. But you know what? Because why don't you come Monday to Thursday? And it's a significant decrease in, in, in price, you know? So yeah, looking at different ways. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely moved in, in that direction. And that's not uncommon. Like you had mentioned the airlines, the hotels, and that's in a number of other products as well. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that happens as, as increase in occupancies and team members. Um, so. Um, RV owners are, uh, getting younger. They're getting more diverse. Um, it's, it's become more of a, a slice of the American population than it was before. Um, there's been a lot of talk about how uh, resorts might, and resorts, campgrounds, uh, boondocking, what, what have you, uh, might change over the coming years um, based partially around that and around the number of people doing it. Um, it what does Sun see the campground of the future looking like? Are, are there are there things that you're looking forward to um, more investment, more money comes into camping uh, things that you might be able to do in the future, or is it really just about providing the best service and the best experience possible? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both, right? Um, where as we continue to grow um, and with the rebrand, um, we've got a number of, of we'll call it, you know, sub brands or so. So Sun Outdoors being the parent brand and we have, Sun Outdoors, the same as our transient brand. We have Sun Retreats, which is our long-term, you know, seasonal, those looking to stay longer and Sun uh, Resort and Residences for 55 plus and Sun Art Chartered for glamping. And the reason I bring that up is because, well, maybe in each one of those brands, we are building or adding amenities that are specific to that particular region that guests are looking for, right? Or in sun retreats for seasonals or full-timers that are looking to stay longer. Well, the amenities and experiences they're looking for are different, right? Maybe it's a bigger pool or different kind of pool where the, the food and beverage offerings are slightly different, right? And so we're gonna add those amenities um, into those particular locations. Um, and so it's really being very um, specific to the location, to the geographic. And then of course, overall trends, when we step back and we look, it's like, okay, well, what should we do? And so when you talk about like campground of the future, well, I mean, there's, there has been a lot of, lot of talk about that. And I would just say, well, campground of the future for me is like, well, we should be listening to our guests and then what are they asking for? Right. And so what are they telling us they need? Okay. Do they want more paved sites? Okay. Or do they want more uh, pavers or curved or wider or larger? You know, and that's all comes through guest feedback, not just us sitting in a room and saying, I think it should be X, right? And so mm -hmm. now we, I think we position Sun as, as like, well, now we've got the right brands to do it. What should we do at each brand? And just listen to the guests and they'll tell us what we need to add and what adjustments we need to make to, to, to resorts. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about electric vehicles because I get asked this question all the time. Uh, what kind of effect electric vehicles have on campgrounds, whether it's uh, a, a, a car that somebody's brought with them and wants to uh, 
uh, charge or or in the future electric motorhomes or electric trucks pulling trailers in, in terms of like capacity to charge and the ability to like change the uh, resorts around in order to have uh, charging locations, that sort of stuff. Is that kind of stuff you're working on? Uh, it's definitely part of the conversation, you know, is how do we prepare for things like that? Climate change and all that is, is a very, very big topic. Um, and so if we continue to move in that direction, then we're absolutely going to do what we need to do to make sure the guests have that good experience. And so, you know, not to get too into the nitty gritty details of, okay, we're going to increase ampage for every single site across the United States or anything like that. But, you know, if we're moving in that direction, which we are, well, then we'll make sure that we're uh, properly suited to continue to provide a quality experience. And part of that quality experience is ensuring that you have the power to charge your RV, charge your vehicle or whatever we need to do to support, to make sure that, right, it's not a, it's not a bad stay. So it's definitely part of the conversation and we need to do um, um, our part to make sure that we're, we're, we're staying with the times or even a little bit ahead. Well, mm -hmm. Nate Phillipson, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Give us the rundown of where to find sun. Well, Jason, thanks for having me. Um, I encourage everyone to go to sunoutdoors.com. Um, you can view all of our resorts or go to the Apple or um, uh, Google Play Store and download the Sun Outdoors app. Um, really cool to, uh, uh, to check it out. So thanks for having me on the show. Um, it's been great to talk to you. Nate Phillipson, the VP of Marketing for Sun Outdoors. Thanks for being here. Colder days are officially here. Winter camping is in full swing, and that means it's solo stove season. And if you have been eyeing a solo stove, they are extending their holiday sale with some of their products up to 45% off. We absolutely love our bonfire, and we take it with us everywhere we go. Now is the time to pick up yours and extend your winter camping from just being inside the rig to outside the rig. RV Miles listeners can save even more by heading over over to rvmiles.com slash solo stove and using the link and promo. It continues to be solo stove's biggest sale of the year, coupled with an extra deal from RV Miles, but it is ending soon. So do not delay. Head over to rvmiles.com slash solo stove to shop. It is time to check the levels of our tanks. Jason, what is in your very first fresh tank of 2022? That's okay, but normally we start with the black tank. I know, <laughs> we do. I haven't been here in a couple weeks. I had a uh, desire to we start, start with the with black the, tank so that we can follow it up with something good. That is absolutely <laughs> accurate. And so we'll just edit this one to make me look good. Jason, what <laughs> you will not be editing this. You have such a look on your face. Jason, what is in your black tank? I would like to ask uh, the creator, uh, whoever that might be, why in the world do we need to have nerves in our teeth? Oh, no. We're going to talk about this, huh? Okay, babe, let's do I'm it. I'm having to have a lot of dental work done right now, and it is really frustrating, but like... Why do my teeth, can they just be, they'd be fine if they just didn't have nerves in them. So you, they're just there to remind you <laughs> that they're there. I, so we were actually supposed to return to the podcast last yeah. week. We were not scheduled to take yeah. two weeks off. And then uh, Jason, as if, as any longtime listener might know that sometime during the holiday season, you like 
emergency trips to places. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, if I'm talking a little funny, <laughs> that's why, because I can feel it. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> I, last year was that tumble down the stairs that resulted in you in an arm sling. This year, it's working through Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with some pain and then having to finally when a place was open and now there's a whole lot of other stuff that gets to go with that uh so I've started I don't think you know this uh I have started the Christmas 22 medical fund 2022 medical fund so that when the next year rolls around because each year you keep kind of you know we'll we'll leave you know, 2019 brain infection out of that because that was actually summertime. So, you know, but (laughs) uh, I've started a fund so that, you know, next Christmas, uh, I've everyone in both Belton and the Quad Cities will be on alert that you have arrived and (laughs) pat me in foam. (laughs) Can we move on from this? Hey, I didn't bring it up. You did. Uh, Yes, but we can. What is in your fresh tank this week? There are a couple trends that I see happening in the RV industry in the coming year um, that I'm a little excited about. And, um, And these aren't things that I'm just, you know, pulling out of thin air, but things that um, have been uh, (laughs) talked about quite a bit. Um, Number one I talked on the news video last week about is that I really do feel like there's going to be two weeks weeks ago, whatever it was, um, that there is going to be a renewed focus in the RV industry and don't laugh on service, on service of your units after the fact. Not everyone's going to do it. Very specific companies are going to be leaders in this, and it's going to take some time for it to become anything important. But it is, it isn't the reason I think this, it is an area <laughs> where A, they can make money, yes. and B, they can be more competitive uh, because us, the consumers, are way smarter than we used to be. We talk to each other. Uh, we're on Facebook and groups and on forums and stuff, and and everybody knows what everybody knows. So it has become more and more important. Uh, and there is also the the behind the scenes thing that that they don't really talk about as much is the, that the RV industry is self regulated. You know, the automotive industry they've got to deal with a lot of government regulations, mm-hmm. right, in order to build an automobile. The RV industry comes up with their own standards. They have a official book of standards uh, that they have to follow. I would love to get my hands on this <laughs> RV book of standards. But they created themselves. It's available. You can get it. But no, I just want to see. I want it to be yeah. titled the RV book of standards. <laughs> like I, I want, I just want it to be this big old <laughs> leather thing that I open. That's like you know papyrus. <laughs> like it's just. That's what I imagine it to be. It is the creation of those agreed upon standards that kept the government off their backs and and imposing standards Mm -hmm. on them. If they want to keep that self-regulation, now that RVing has become so popular, you know, all it's going to take is a couple senators to have a lemon of an RV or to have a few important constituents to have a lemon of RV of an RV or state senators or whatever it is to begin to change those regulations and 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 maybe that's for the better for us but 
in the meantime, the RV industry knows, they do know, they talk about this, that they need to be better uh, in order to keep Uncle Sam off their backs. I have to say, I, I think, too, just to give like a different flip to that coin and what you were saying about it's only going to take a few uh, all about who you knows in order to make this happen. I am not so sure that it's on- that's actually going to be what tips the scale and, you know, kind of pulls eyes towards the RV industry because I really do believe that the power of the person's voice that, you know, those of us in these groups, those of us that are talking to each other, I don't think those things are going unnoticed anymore. And I think that if the RV industry notices that, then I think you better believe that there are others who are noticing it as well. And if it's not already something that's being talked about, like there's clearly, if you feel that this is coming in 2022 and that the RV industry is, and I am all for this. I think we've talked a lot about this, that there are a lot of really great brands and individuals in this industry who really do want to do better, that this is not, they don't all go into a room and be like, how can we be bad today? Like that's not truly what's happening. But if they are feeling the squeeze that this is like, we really got to get focused in on this, then that tells me that there's something probably we don't know about that they're worried is coming and well, so they're trying to get yeah. ahead of it the the biggest challenge they face uh and not to throw this on us the consumers but the biggest challenge they face truly is that five manufacturers can put the same floor plan of trailer out they all look almost identical and the vast majority of consumers will flat out buy the cheapest one mm-hmm and uh, we do get what we pay for a bit in this industry, but the manufacturers need to be much better about and this. This is why I think this is such a big thing, because they need to be better about saying this is what makes us special. And if they can say, look, we have the lowest number of service events, according to the uh, dealers association in a given year, that's something that they can say. Right. So as I said in that news video, I I know uh, Forest River is working on things. Winnebago is working on things. Uh, In that video, we talked specifically about Newmar and their relationship with National Indoor RV Centers and what they're doing. And that's what it's going to take is partnerships between the manufacturers and the dealers. And uh, unfortunately, that is one of the benefits that we're going to have of dealerships consolidating into chains, Mm -hmm. which is not a great thing, but it is a way for them to partner with the big brands to make things happen where they couldn't before. So that's my other prediction was that there's going to be more more chains of RV dealerships (laughs) happening, more consolidation in the RV dealerships. You know, that's, I'm not so sure yet that I'm ready to write that off as a bad thing. I tend to look to 2022. And I think next week's episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about what we think is really going to happen in the industry and in RVing in general for 2022. But when we talk about chains, you know, I look at it as the same as, as we have to take it back to your black tank for a minute. We went and looked for uh, dental work that was with a, a dentist's office that is nationwide. So that if we needed to continue to have work done, 
they would be able to do that anywhere in the country, access your records and all of all of that. We specifically looked for something like that. People, you know, and a lot of times with RVers, we look for that if we get an oil change, we look for that if we get our hair cut, like silly things like that. Yeah. So wouldn't that be something if you could have your RV worked on in one place and then let's say months and months from now, you're halfway across the country and you need to have it worked on again then they have all that information right there. You're not re-explaining it. You're not reinventing the wheel with somebody new again. Yeah. Because we've been yeah. through that conversation yeah. with and the bus a million yeah, times. Yeah, and they're, they're just, they're all sorts of, they're, they're, there are things that, that are bad about it. Like I'm hearing uh, certain large dealership chains are now saying that if you want to have uh, an inspector check out the rig before oh, you buy well. it, that you're going to pay for one of their technicians to follow that that inspector around at like $115 an hour rate. Stuff like that there is, is where the problem lies. There is a difference about uh, between the idea of this and then the people who implement. But the bottom idea. line is Camping World is a giant dealership chain and essentially everybody is competing with Camping World yeah. and they need to have a competitor or two or five that are near the same size in order for camping world to not drive everything in the rv industry because that has been a big problem okay the next 10 years are going to be fascinating <laughs> moving on moving on what is in your black tank this week so, see yeah. you got oh, confused uh -oh, uh -oh. what is in your black, black tank, tank this week so i'm going to keep this really uh short and sweet but i just wanted to highlight there's a story coming out of uh Bend, Oregon, uh, that there was a, a couple in an RV park that um, their RV caught on fire. They were trying to thaw out their sewer hose. Now, I am not highlighting this story to shame this couple, but I think it's really important this time of year that we continue to remind ourselves um, what it means to winter camp, to also be prepared to do that, but more importantly, um, why we need to be very mindful of space heaters and how we use them. So what happened was, so their sewer hose had frozen and uh, the fire department was able to assess that the RV sewer hose had frozen in the very cold overnight conditions and that the owner then placed both an electric space heater and a small propane-fueled radiant tank top heater beneath the trailer to thaw it. So this is already a well, very, very bad idea. And the worst part about it was they left, they left. with it running like so that. So a lot of user error here. Um, it's just very, very important that we remember that things like that need to be properly used. They need to be monitored. Um, you know, we talk and again, to each their own, but we feel it's very important to share with you that uh, we think it's not best to ever leave something like that unattended. And that includes when you're sleeping at night, uh, because as our friends, uh, Julie and Mark Bennett over at RV Love have demonstrated, an RV goes up like that. These folks lost, uh, they said it was a 75% loss. Yeah. Uh, of their RV and all their valuables inside. Not to mention uh, 
what could have also happened to their neighbors. Yeah. You know, this was an RV campground. They were in a campground when this happened. And it was because of others in the campground that the fire department was alerted because, again, this couple wasn't even there. So if you are going to winter camp, you really need to be mindful about how you do it. If you need to use space heaters, you have to be very, very mindful because it can happen so quickly. If you have questions, and I legitimately mean this, if you have questions about how to deal with water and the water situation and sewage and dumping and, and keeping things from freezing up, winterizing, all that sort of stuff, and you don't know how to do it, please just reach out to us directly, editor at rvmiles.com. I will walk you through mm-hmm. everything we know. Get on the phone. We have spent Get on the phone through you. We will. We have spent a lot of time uh, in the cold. And, you know, anything outside that is water is going to freeze. Yeah. And, and that's what they did, I'm sure, is a mistake that a lot of people make is they go dump their tanks outside mm-hmm. and don't, like, lift up the hose to get all the water out of it. And then you have a hose, a, a sewer hose that's frozen solid and you can't yeah. dump anything. And then so, people start to do desperate things. Yeah. Ab- yes, absolutely. Because, you know. You need to use the restroom and you're in your RV. So this was, again, I'm not here to come at this couple. I've, you know, they've already been, for lack of a better word, they've already received the punishment of this whole thing by losing 75% of everything that was in their RV as well as their RV. That's more than enough. And they're, I'm sure they have more than learned their lesson. But this is really just to, you know, just remind us all this time of year, a lot of us are looking to space heaters and things like that in winter camping. So please be safe. All right. What is in your fresh tank this week? So my fresh tank goes to um, our kid's pediatrician. I just, oh, what I know. Coach, I, you're changing up here because this is not mm, what you no, said it was going no, to be. No, it's not. Uh, but it is going to go to, as we were talking and we were talking about um, healthcare and what's been going on with you, I wanted to uh, just highlight that our, our children's pediatrician um, is so incredibly supportive of the lifestyle that we live and making it work for us. And I think that um, from when we started this five years ago to where we not are now coming into our sixth year of RVing to not that we've ever been faced with a, a medical provider who has been absolutely against But to have someone when the first thing out of their mouth when they walk in the door is, okay, what are all the states you have been to? I can't wait to hear everywhere you guys have been. And then to have some things, some maintenance things we needed to do and and look at me and say, wherever you are in the country, I will get on the phone and make that happen for you rather than you need to get back here so we can take care of that, I think really speaks to like the level of how everything has changed, not to mention that our pediatrician has become an RVer. And, you know, she and her partner want to figure out how to go full time. And, you know, I just, I think that that's really, really cool to be able to have the care that people need and still be encouraged to live the life that they desire to live. Yeah, it's weird. When we started doing this over five years ago now, People, when we would tell them what we do, 
people would want, they would be amazed and want to know yeah. about. Now they know about this yeah. stuff. Now, so, now we're not that amazing anymore. They, but they want, now they want to know, like, <laughs> how, they want to, they want, now they're asking the questions, like, how could I possibly do this? So you, what do y'all do for a living? <laughs> you know, which is always, yeah. I find it so incredibly, do you find it difficult to answer what we do for a living? Uh, you, you know, there's this meme that goes around often on like Facebook and Instagram where it's like, uh, say, uh, say, <laughs> say what you do for a living, um, but you know, say it poorly. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, I, I look at a piece of glass, right. <laughs> I look at a round piece of glass, right. I press buttons on a keyboard. I read, <laughs> I read words. <laughs> I read words. <laughs> I talk. I talk into a. I, right. I talk into a piece of foam. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I read words and look for good internet connection. Uh, so I, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there, and I for anyone too that's thinking that how do you navigate the healthcare, especially with kids and well visits, and if you have you know uh, children with you know unique challenges and things of that nature, I the environment is changing telehealth, the ability for, you know, mental health and guidance online now and how much we can now do from the the privacy and comfort of our own home is really revolutionary. And so it just felt great to sit in there and, you know, have this appointment with this pediatrician and to hear their just yeah. Total support of us. One Fantastic. day, one day laws will catch up with that support and providers will be able to, you know, cross pres- state lines. prescribe drugs across state lines, stuff like that. I didn't, one day we'll get there. Maybe one day we can have something where, you know, aren't all drugs, the particular drug, like, is it different in each state? Like if you right? get, uh, you know, a hydrocodone in one state, or does ev- it feel different in the other state? Or I even don't know. if you can get somebody to prescribe it in another state, will your insurance cover it in I, that state? I, there's so many questions. I mean, when it's looking at you in, you know, Missouri, and they're like, well, we could send you down the road for what you need, but not 380 miles from here. So, <laughs> you know, it's just who knows. And these are all big, big questions that we'll probably never see answered in our lifetime. Yeah, those are not in my 2022 predictions for <laughs> things to be fixed. All no. right, this, no. is, this episode needs to end. <laughs> wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, we're going into a whole other territory right now. Yes, let's wrap it up. So, all right, that is it for the very first episode of 2022. Thank you so much for being patient with us as we enjoyed a couple of weeks off. I cannot remember the last time that we just played some games, ate some food, gained some weight, and got a little bit of sleep. So it was lovely. Some of us even got a haircut. It was real nice. Some of us did. Some of us didn't. Some of us decided to go to the dentist instead. Uh, if you would like to connect with Jason and I, one of the best ways to do that is, as Jason mentioned, at editor at rvmiles.com. And yes, we are very serious. We will talk to you about anything that has to do with winter camping and keeping you safe if you are concerned about it. And we would also like to connect with you in Tampa. So please head over to rvmiles.com. Join our mailing list by clicking on the contact us in the menu. And then, of course, head over to the RV Miles Facebook group. We are there. Um, If you're watching this and you love the T-shirt I'm wearing, you can get this yourself. All you have to do is just check out our merchandise store at rvmiles.com slash merch, M-E-R-C-H, one of Jason's favorite words. 
And until next time, thank you so much for listening. It's such a pleasure to be here with you and to be ringing in another amazing year of RVing. And that means you need to keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody. Bye.